Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Ye Farma Gaye. Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram ye farma gaye Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram Seven minutes after eleven Central African time Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Ahalan wa sahalan wa marahaban bikum It's a beautiful mashallah Wednesday morning Beautiful Wednesday morning. I see my beloved engineer. He's in a mood. He is in a mood. He says, Malala, not beautiful. It's beautiful, mashallah. Wednesday morning, Yomul Arbia. Yes, it's the 15th of Sha'ban, 1444. And yes, 15 days left for the holy blessed month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. 15 days left for the holy blessed month of Ramadan. I firstly want to welcome the listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and company. And I want to welcome the listeners of Barakat Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah. Well, Jama'a. Remember our WhatsApp number is um, 084 
Then the food, she will tell you it's her food. Then the furniture, she will tell you it's her furniture. The car you will be driving, one day you have arguments, she will tell you stop and get out because it's her car. So remember in Islam, the husband must be the breadwinner, not the wife must be the breadwinner, or she's very, very rich, and you sit on your laurels and think of Adi and so forth and sponge over her, so that your total intention is totally upside down and unacceptable in Islam. You must marry the lady, Limaliha, for her wealth, Wali Jamaliha, for her beauty, Wali Hasabiha, for her rank and status and the strata in society. But all that should be secondary, not the primary. You should marry the woman because of her piety, her good character, her correct belief structure. She belongs to the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah and not to the Shias and Qadianis and Azakhanis. And these are non-Muslim people. Habibuna sallallahu some authentic hadith in Mishka Sharif Mustad Ahmad. First, for bidat deen. You'll be successful when you marry for the sake of deen. And if you don't do that, then taribat yadak. Taribat yadak means then you will have to put your hand in the sand. It means you brought calamities on yourself, remember, because you did not follow the advices and the teaching, preaching of the master, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu sallam, you married her just for wealth and so forth. So she will become the dictator and you will become the slave. Therefore, Islam says, no, don't do that. Allah will disgrace and humiliate you. I've got a student of Deen Ustad. She says that it's been 10 years, Honorable Mufti Saab, married to a narcissist and constant gaslighting. I have severe depression, no ambition in life. I am on antidepressants. Why do some people to marry, to make people's children's lives hell, Ustad? Remember this, now we have to go back 10 years. And when he proposed to you, so you, your family, your parents, all of you, we told you this on several occasions, there are two, three things we must do, especially when we don't know the families. You must do some homework, you know, and make some tahqiq and research regarding the family and so forth. Second one is this, that how are the siblings and that are their marriages stable, Third one, with which ulama does he have contact and so forth. Then you make istikhara, you make mashura, all that. But all that is water under the bridge now is 10 years past and maybe you've got children and so forth. We don't know. And now it seems your marriage is a miserable marriage. We answer the questions according to the, we answer according to the questions posed. So obviously, what we will tell you is that you have to turn the negative into a positive. So how are you going to do that? Let's take it step by step and see. Number one, you're suffering from depression. So now are these antidepressant tablets and medication good? Obviously, it's not good. It definitely has side effects and so forth. So read the Quranic verse abundantly and in your salat, in your sajda, all that you know it. Surah 21, verse 87, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntum in al-dhalimin. Truly it is not worthy of worship, but you, Allah, subhanak, everlasting glory, perfection is only for you. Inni kuntum in al-dhalimin. I am the one that the wrongdoer. So meaning that you read it abundantly, and then you can get off the tablets and medication that will be better for you. Second one is this, you have no ambition, you don't have anything, you understand? You're just feeling you're going from bed to worse. Everything is deteriorating. So remember that will make you suffer, your body, your physical, your mental, everything. So read in the same surah, just before this verse, surah 21, verse 83. Verse 87 is the Yunus alayhi salatu salam's dua. And verse 83, Nabi Ayyub alayhi salatu dua. All of you who are ill and sick, you have this ailment, you have this sickness, illness, read this dua abundantly, profusely. Surah chapter 21, verse 83, in the 17th supara, Anni masaniya durru wa anta arhamur rahimin. Ya Allah, this calamity has struck me. Whilst you, Ya Allah, you are the most merciful one to show mercy. 
Then third one, you and your husband, you're not on the same page. You must remember, according to you, you say he's a narcissist, he wants to cause you harm and pain and so forth, and problems are without justification, obviously. So read Surah 25, verse 74. رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا Oh, all my children, grandfathers, spouses, and children that are the coolness of the eyes. Read the 99 names of Allah daily. Ya wadudu, ya wadud. Ya Allah, you are the creator of love. Daily give out charity, sister, one rent, two rent, whatever it is, all cash or kind. You give out the packet of biscuits or some fruit or something. So in that way there, remember that Allah Ta'ala will change your conditions from unfavorable to favorable, inshallah. Subhanallah, subhanallah. Uh, there's a sister who starts, she says that I'm 24 years old. Uh, I married a man, Mufti Sab, who was married before, previously, he was married. And uh, he has children, Ustad. We're 10 years apart. Please, Mufti Sab, I need help because his children from his previous marriage is giving me problems. What do I do? I want out, Ustad. I want out, Ustad. Sister, the way you have posed your question, then it seems to me that between you and your husband, you don't have any major problems. Obviously, there might be some one, two minor issues and so forth. So the problem is that you are married to this person here. The difference in your ages are 10 years, so that's not a serious issue. And thereafter, he was married previously. I don't know, maybe his wife passed away or he divorced her or whatever. But your issue, according to your question, is you are having problems with his children. So you must make it clear to him that you must tell him his children have no rights over you, and they can't come dictate to you what you must do, what you can't do, and so forth. They must stay in their life, and you must stay with him in a separate house. And he can go visit them and so forth, but they mustn't come there by your house and come cause problems and so forth. And you don't have to do Islamically anything for them. You need to understand that properly. Many a time, people start thinking, you ladies, that when you are married to a person who was married previously and he's got sons and daughters and so forth, if you're doing something for them and cooking for them or doing this and that for them, so that is just being babil ihsan with the badru. You are just doing them a favor. It's not something incumbent and compulsory upon you. So you and your husband need to have a heart-to-heart discussion and explain all those issues to him and tell him that he can go and tell them they must go stay with their mother or they must stay separately on that and they must have no access to your house there when you are alone and then they come and bully you around and tell you like big shots that no, you are this and you are this. So remember that if their mother's marriage with their father did not work out and now they want to vent their anger on Mm. you, so obviously that can't be justified, you know. So you must put all your cards and you must put all your drum cards in a row and explain to your husband when you're alone and he's in a good mood and so forth and so on. Tell him you've got no problem with his children. But the problem is this. They want to bully you. They want to dictate to you. So best is they lead their life. You lead your life. And you don't interact much. When you just meet, you just say, Assalamu alaikum and just carry on. Because once you're going to allow much interaction, then there are bigger problems to come and so forth. So that is my advice. Now the last statement you made, you won out. But according to your question, there doesn't seem to be much problem between you and your husband. The problem is between you and your husband's children, your stepchildren. So try and solve that problem. You don't have to break your marriage. Always we tell you, wasulhu khair. Reconciliation is the best and stay in the marriage and so forth. Otherwise, you also, maybe he divorced his first wife or she passed away, we're not sure. So anyway, then you also will get divorced and so forth. And you know, Mustafa, Habibuna, Sallallahu Alaihi authentic hadith in Abu Dawood. Abghadul halali ilallahi at-talaq. The most hated and detested thing which all Almighty Allah made permissible is talaq in divorce. So we will never advocate that. We will always advocate 
Kuruku banana hai, chorna hai, torna nahi. Make the home and don't break the home. That is our advice. Uh, she says, Ustad, that uh, the wife is still alive. Uh, he divorced her. And he says that uh, his children is his life. Dina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam loved Hussein and Hassan Ustad? We're not speaking about love here and all that. Love is a natural thing. We're speaking about the interaction of the stepchildren with the stepmother. Mm. So you must get the point we are speaking. So if they are causing commotion and all these type of things, then you will have to choose. You must remember that. So we're not telling you that you must now cut off ties with your children and that you must listen properly what we are saying. That we are telling you that give your wife a separate quarter, separate house, and your children can stay somewhere else. So you must remember that. In that way, you can visit them daily. You can go there. <clears throat> but you're keeping everybody in the same house. Every day there'll be problems. You must remember that. It's like the example I gave you. You know that in one village, in one town. So say kutta girgya kuwame. You see, one dog fell down in the well. You see. So they went to the Maulana Sahib, the Imam Sahib. Imam Sahib said, Gaha, he saw panika. Take out a hundred innocent buckets of water or something like that, he told them. Mm. So they took out the water and all this. Then he asked him, you took out the dog. He said, no, we left the dog still inside. So that's the thing here. That's just an example, obviously, now. So you must remember that you have to address the problem. Nobody is speaking about love and all this kind of things. That is something natural. You must love your children. But for your children to come and bully your wife and dictate to your wife, that is wrong. And you are the person, you must take your wife's side on that and tell them that you can't do this. And whatever she's doing, your wife is doing for your children, is nothing compulsory upon her. She's just doing them a favor. And if they talk nonsense, she don't have to do anything for them. <laughs> so that is what you have to do. Well, so I think this uh, listener is mistaken. One listener says, I did make an appointment to meet Mufti Saab on Saturday, this Saturday. But Mufti Saab is not answering my call. Ustad. So how you made an appointment if I didn't? That I don't take appointments. I don't allow people to come and visit me and so forth. So because I don't have the time and all these things here, and your people's problems are all this marriage problem, we told you a hundred times that you must go there to the jamiyats or your local ulama and so forth. If I have to start taking appointments for this year, day and night I'll be busy with all these kind of things here. Hmm. So I never allow all these type of things. So how you can say you make appointment? And other side you say that you never got hold of me. So obviously it's a contradiction. There's no appointment, no nothing, and I don't allow it also. Somebody says I'm in my 21, my 21 years old, but my parents not once talked about marriage. I'm not open to talk to them regarding it. I'm a female. What do I do with that? So you must speak to them individually, go to your mother and speak to her. She should be much more accessible to you and tell her that you are 21 years old. And Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that these are the times you must get married as soon as possible. إِذَا خَطَبَ إِلَيْكُمْ مِمَّنْ تَرْدَوْنَ دِينَهُ وَخُلُقَهُ فَزَوِّجُوا If somebody proposes for you and you are happy with the deen of that person, the belief structure, the character of that person, so get your daughter married to them. If you don't do so, then there will be mayhem, chaos on this earth. Yes, authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, Mishkat Sharif. So speak to her, then you can speak to your father, or you and your mother speak to your father. So in that way there. But you must go, take the initiative. There's nothing wrong in that. And remember for parents to keep on delaying, delay, that is not permissible. At the sweep of shaitan, we say that to delay, delay in this type of issues is from Satan and Lucifer and shaitan. Not permissible to delay in these type of issues. So that is a nikah valid if the marriage vows were uttered in another language and not in Arabic, Ustad? Well, it's fine. You must remember that if I perform a nikah and I tell that person there, we normally say, say, nakah to her, wa kabil to her, I am married to her and I accept her. 
But if you just say in English or Afrikaans or Mayman, Gujarati, Urdu, whatever, yeah, that many kabulki, oh, I accepted her, and so forth. So remember, the nikah is valid. There's no such thing. It must be in Arabic. We will say that the khutbah and that must be in Arabic. But that actual ijab in Kabul, the proposal acceptance, once it is done in any language, provided that it was in the present tense or in the past tense, so not future tense, that's not permissible, so then it will be valid, the nikah will be valid, there's no problem with that. My wife says it's not her Islamic duty to cook for me. Is this true? Uh, she's got a hadith, Ustad. Yeah, she got hadith. Therefore, I said that these girls and ladies who study in the madrasas, they must never call themselves adima. That's how they grow horns, you know. So first of all, half the kitab they don't do, and they start, start thinking. So I'm asking you one question. You're not going to cook for your husband, so whole day what you going to do? Look into the mother and I put makeup and all that there. And look in the, the, the films and movies and all that. Mm. And play with your phone the whole day. Well, what are you going to do all day? You tell me. So remember when your husband tells you you must cook breakfast, lunch and supper. So it's wajib compulsory upon you to listen to him. So you must listen what Islam says. You must remember that. Don't come look for loopholes and all these type of things there. So Mustafa Rasulullah said the precedent for humanity and posterity, you, my beloved Ladli, my Sahib Zadi, my beloved Beti, Sayyidah Fatima, you see this house, everything inside you responsible. You're the minister of home affairs. You, Sayyidah Ali, my beloved son-in-law, my uncle's son, so you must be the minister of foreign affairs. Everything outside you responsible. So that is what Islam teaches, you must remember. You can't take one Quranic verse in isolation, one hadith in isolation, and say this is the Islamic law. That is why Quran Karim states, Yudillu bihi kathira, wayahdi bihi kathira. Through this Quran Sharif, so many people go astray. Because they take their idea, their concept, and they give it primary position. Now they look for Quranic verses, and then they turn it in that direction. They make that interpretation, and so forth. So remember that always Quran, Sunnah, must be primary position. And our woman's fancies, desires, all that must be in the secondary position. You must remember that. So sister, is wajib compulsory upon you to cook for your husband when he tells you to do so. Ustad, I've got a brother, he's from uh, uh, Soweto, and then he says, uh, I'm also from South. so maybe he's living currently in South. He says, I'm getting married to a Zulu sister. Alhamdulillah, she's not asking for Labola, Ustad. So I'm giving her 350 rand meher, but the family is refusing. They say, I must pay the Labola. Please advise them. They are listening to you, Ustad, or else I call it quits, Ustad. So you must remember in Islam there is no such thing as Labola. You are a Muslim, my brother. Your name is Ahmed Muhammad, for example. And remember her name is Fatima Zainab Maryam Jamila. So you give her 400 rand. 400 is the money mahar. So don't just increase it from 350 to 4. And remember in Islam, once you embrace Islam or you are born a Muslim, she was born a Muslim or embrace Islam. So Quran Karim states, Ya Yulladina Amanud Khuluf is Silmikafa. You must enter into Islam in its entirety, in its totality. There's no such thing as Labola and all that in Islam. If those people are non-Muslim, then they got no say over your nikah and no wilayat, no authority. If they are Muslim, you must tell them that they must detach themselves from all this belief of the non-Muslims, that you must give so many cows and so much dust and all that. All that is haram. So you, my brother, you go to the Imam Day, wherever you are, the nation South or Soweto or wherever, and tell him this, you are a Muslim, and this lady is a Muslim, and he, the Imam, must become the wali and the guardian of that lady there, and then he must perform the nikah, and then you can take my name also, it's fine, and tell them that this is what I suggested to you and your wife to be in future. So you don't have to quit anything. There's nothing like Ebola. 
and we don't practice on what non-Muslims practice on. Uh, Allah says, my mother doesn't like the way my wife talked to me, Muftisab. And everything she does is as if it uh, irritates her. And she takes note of everything my wife does and gives her hurtful words. And if my wife talks back, Ustad, then she says she's disrespectful. We're living in the same house, Ustad. So that is the problem. So you must remember that the May May two two will go on. So you and your wife, you don't have any major problem. So you love your wife, your wife loves you, and so forth. But now your mother, either she's jealous, either she's envious, either she got a big nose and she wants to poke her nose in your people's business. So why you want to do all that, ma? If your son is happy and your daughter-in-law is happy with your son, so why you want to disturb their peace? Why you want to control them and everything? If it's your own daughter, you will make everything justify it and mm. say, no, go Haruche and all that. And now it's your daughter-in-law, even if she does good, you will say, go Karabche. Then you will say it's very bad and so forth. So if what you are saying is true, then your mother is in the wrong. So tell her, mommy, the best thing here will be, I'm your son, I must take care of you, but best is now we make an extension, and now you stay that side there, your room, your kitchen, your bathroom, this, this, whatever, so that is your side, and this side will be our side, and so that I can't come here every day. I see you crying, I love you, mother. I see my wife crying, and I now I am torn between loyalties and so forth. And everyone will add masala and some spice. You will add something, the wife will add something. So you will have to separate the two of them, and in that way there you will find peace. Otherwise, every day you will be hearing stories. Your mother will say this, but your mother is wrong in this instance. So you must tell her that she's wrong, but with respect, not go and shout and scream, karima. When you speak to your parents, you must speak with utmost respect and adab and, you know, reverence and so forth. And remember, make dua, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina ayun. Make dua for your beloved parents, your father, mother. We don't know the father is alive or passed away. Surah 17, verse 24. Rabbirhamhuma kama rabbayani sahira. Oh, beloved Allah, have mercy on my parents as they nurtured me when I was an infant and very, very young. And if the father passed away with Iman, Islam, then read Surah 14, verse 41. Rabbana filli wali walidayya walil mu'mineen ayoma yakumul hisab. Oh, beloved Allah, forgive me, forgive my beloved parents and the believers the day the reckoning is established. So remember this, that Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, make easy that for all of you. And that's why in this day and this age, I say that all of you, because we know that 90%, 80% of the time that the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law don't agree nowadays. So therefore, as far as possible, just live separately. There will be more love, more respect, and there won't be conflict and tension. So, Ustad, is it right when a husband says that you must contribute to pay lights, water, madrasa fees, etc., because the lady does online business, Ustad? Totally haram. Even if the wife is a millionaire, so remember the husband cannot impose upon her. She must pay for the water, she must pay for the lights, she must pay for the grocery, or she must pay, you must remember, for this and that. Totally haram, that. All that expenses are upon you, the husband, you must remember. Roti, kapra, makan. Roti is the food. Kapra is the clothing. Makan is the clothing and the house shelter. So all that is on you. Now this will include the water, the lights, all these accounts. Yes, she's running her own business. So remember online business or whatever you... So you can tell her, this much you can tell her, that because you are running an online business, and that's fine with me because you're doing it from your house, so in a case like that, that you have to make so many calls and all that, so for your cell phone, you must pay from your expenses, from your business, from your profit and that. But all these other things you are suggesting, 
that water, light, and all that you must pay, all that is haram and not permissible. You want to sponge off your wife, so that is not permissible. In Islam, the day the daughter is born, till the day she gets married, the responsibility onus is on the father. And the day she gets married, the girl's name is Fatima, and the boy's name is Rayhan. So now they got married. So now everything will be on Rayhan, the husband, that he must now pay for all the expenses till the time of death for his wife. So that is what Islam teaches. Subhanallah, subhanallah. We will go for an interval, Ustad. When we come back, inshallah, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Don't go away. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaa. Well, it's uh, 20 minutes uh, to 12. It's a beautiful morning here in uh, Johannesburg. Ustad, you need to listen to this question. There's a brother here. He says, Should we teach our wives how to use a gun? Maybe they will use it on us for target practice. I am fed up, dear Muftisab, from Cape Town, Ustad. So you, my brother, your question is this. Must we teach our wives how to use a gun? So it means at the moment she doesn't have a gun. So why you want to teach her about how to use a gun? Where are you staying in Cape Town? You're staying in those areas where the gangs are very, very active and so forth and so on. My advice will be that, no, you mustn't teach her that. You know, sometimes the women, they become emotional. They might just take the gun and they won't think. Then instead of reading AK-255, you know AK-255. AK, Aital Kursi, 255. They take the AK-47 and they'll make for you bulala. They shoot you dead or injure you just now. <laughs> so therefore, that I would not advise that. Tell them they must learn all these du'as. They must read Surah 12, verse 64. Oh, Almighty Allah, Jalla that you are the best of protector. And Ya Allah, He alone is the most merciful one to show mercy. Whenever you leave your home, you, your wife, your children, so teach them the dua that is mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif. Bismillah. Tawakkaltu ala Allah. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah. Ya Allah, I took my name, I took your name, Bismillah, on your name. Tawakkaltu ala Allah. I place my trust solely, only on Almighty Allah. Wala hawla wala quwwata illa billah. There is no might to take me towards good deeds. There is no power to prevent me from vices. Four things will happen. Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when you read this dua, Udita, you'll be given guidance, hidayat. Wukita, Allah will give you protection, divine protection. And Wukufita, your needs for that day will be taken care of. And then, Watanaha Anu Shaitan, Satan, Lucifer, and Shaitan, Iblis, and all his cronies and comrades, they will take flight and run away from there. So that is the safety precaution you should teach her. You may Buddha Dan Kapstad, you must start Ta'aleem. Go to one bookshop and buy Riyadu Salihin, Allama Nawawi Rahimullah, made the English translation and English translation. And today, 15 Shaban, you start every day Ta'aleem. And start with Kitabu Song, Kitabu Siyam, and fasting Ramadan, the virtues, and so forth and so on. Then, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala will remove the fear and remove all the misunderstanding. But the key to success is consistency. <laughs> it must be then done every day. We read one day and three days. We must know every day you must do so. Hadith in Sahih Muslim. He, Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, Ahabbul a'mali ilallah adwamuha wa inqallah. The most beloved action by Almighty Allah is the one where there is consistency, even if it is a little bit, little, you read every day two, three, four pages of the Quran, is better than that person who reads five Jews, ten Jews, and for ten months he don't read again. Then every day you give one rent, two rent charity, is better than that person, he just comes once in six months, three months, he gives thousand rent. So that is what Islam is teaching us. Consistency is the key to success. 
the brother says that uh, he's, uh, he stays in Bont Yevil, and he says that Mufti Sab, I am also fed up. I rather die as a Shaheed. She can shoot me. I think the brother is upset to start. Yeah, you must remember that they had a big blowout, he and his wife and so forth. And maybe the wife got the gun or she knows how to shoot. And then she told him, because So you must remember this type of things there. Brother, there is big day day. What you're talking about, there's no Shaheed business and that. You must sort out your marriage and don't adopt the defeatist attitude. The way you're speaking is you're just throwing in the towel. So you and your wife, you'll have to discuss the issues and wasul khair. You have to make the home and don't break the home. And don't speak about pitskit and all that. You do it, Mark, and you me do it, Mark, and all that. Leave all that talk there. Remember that. Uh, anonymous says, Assalamu alaikum, Uptisab. My husband lives in my house. He then plays a victim and manipulates friends and family against me. What can I do, Ustad? So you must tell him that this is your house and it will go by your rules. He can't come bring unsavory elements and friends and all that there. And then they want to play cards. They want to watch this movie. They want to do this. They want to do that and all these kind of things. Sleep late at night, can't wake up for fajr and so forth and so on. So therefore, you must tell him these are the rules here. And both of us abide by it and we both sign on this. And these are the Islamic rules. So you must then put down the rules, it's your house. So in that way there, then you will live in a healthy environment. <laughs> Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Somebody says here, but Mufti Sab, how do we find partners if nobody wants to help? Neither immediate or extended Ustad. So we don't know what really is the question. If you are a boy and now you want to get married, you're 20, 22, 24. I told you last week I was at Virch University and there I saw four youngsters. One I knew for many years and I still know him for over 10 years, 20 years. Somewhere. So Tawfiq, African youngster, and mashallah, somebody contacted me and said that he's got a hafiza. African lady, mashallah. So I contacted Tawfiq, contacted the brother. I said, now we put you all in contact. You all move the ship forward and see. Allah may khair for both parties. So remember that. Then I had the other three youngsters. So I mentioned their names. One from Marlborough, one from Newcastle, and one from Lenz. All of them good youngsters, Hafiz, mashallah, and so forth. So like that. So you must look for people who are good and so forth. Put the word in, inshallah. And you won't lose anything. And if you are a female, then let the word spread that among your family, your friends, and all that. Hey, Panji D, our daughter is ready now to settle down and so forth. The problem with us Indians, Mehman, Surti, Gujarati, Urdu speaking, all that, if the girls' party, the girls' family takes the initiative and they say, you know what, come see our daughter or go see our niece or so. Then what our people say? He say, to the panjo nakke kapi vajje. You see, what they say? To the panjo nakke kapi vajje. You have cut our nose. We have destroyed our reputation. Our is that all this is based on jahalat and ignorance. Nabi Musa, alayhi salatu salam, listen carefully, this is Quran. Nabi Musa, alayhi salatu salam, he left Egypt and he came to Madian. And then when he comes to Madian, like I'm now in Maryland, where my niece's place, Brother Yunus Muhammad's place, Abu Rehan's place. So now this is my family, so we're at home, we've got no problem. But now you go to a place, like I landed up in China, Russia. We don't know a single person, we don't know one word of Chinese, not one word of Russian. So what do you do? So you read chapter 28, verse 24. Rabbi mm. Ya Allah, whatever goodness you are sending down, I'm in need of it, Ya Allah. So he went to a place, he saw a lot of people there, but two honorable ladies were standing one side because of parda, because of shame, modesty. He asked them, what's wrong with you? They said, well, Abu Na Shaykhun Kabir, our father is very old, we don't have brothers and so forth. We wait till all the men go away, then we will fill up the water in the buckets and then we'll take it home. He took the buckets, he filled it up, everything. They went home early. The father asked them, what happened? You came back. 
They said there was such a good man there, O oh Father. So go read Surah 28, verses 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and you will find the whole episode there and all the events that unfolded. So he told his daughter, who subsequently became the wife, the Honorable Zawja Mutaha, wife of Nabi Musa salam, Zed Safura radiallahu anha, she came and called him. And how she was walking, in English you call this gait, G-A-I-T. Her gait, her walking was so bashful, so much haya, shame and modesty, Allah praised her. She came and she said, my father is calling you. But she walked with so much haya and shame and modesty. And my father says, he wants to meet you and discuss. So they, the daughters, told the father, Ya, but he's ta'ajiru. Ya, oh, father, beloved father, respected father. Employ him, he's very good. Amin. <coughs> When you employ somebody, he must be very active and strong and not shy of working. And I mean, very honest. What the honest person, so powerful and strong. He, the father, has more sight, insight, foresight, all that. Then the daughters, he says that job and all that is by the way. He said, Nabi Shuaib Both sides are prophets and messengers. The side, Nabi Shuaib it's his two daughters. He tells, informs Nabi Musa alayhi salam, Inni uridu an unkihaka ihdab I want you to get married to one of my two daughters. So made a proposal, king. From the girl's side, what do we think? Are we more important and significant than prophets and messengers? Total wrong belief, we call. Then you must remember Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, that he went to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he went, you must remember, to Sayyidina Usman, radiallahu anhum, and said, they had get married to my daughter, Hafsa. So they both made excuse. He was furious, he was upset. Then afterwards he realized that why they said no, because Mustafa, Rasulullah, said that he will marry Sayyidina Hafsa, radiallahu anhum. The lesson we learn, Ambiya, prophets and messengers, Sahaba, the best of this, of this ummah, so the greatest of the ummah and the best after all prophets and messengers, they did this. So I'm going to say, ke se aaye. From where we came now. So remember, sometimes we have our cultures, but our cultures, they trample upon the Sharia. And this is a perfect example of that. So you, the girl's family, pass the word around, and that is Islam. So that our daughter, our niece, our sister is ready to get married and so forth and so on. So Islamically, not only permissible, is encouraged to do that. And always turn to Allah, Surah 25, verse 74. Today is Wednesday. After Zohar Salat, you must remember that what you must do is that read two rakat Salat extra and read two rakat Salat extra and read the following dua. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa zurriyatina kurrata ayun. Ya Allah, grant us our spouses and children that are the coolness of the I see the house where I am. Mubarak house, you know. They got Muhammad, what's his name? Salman, he's Hafiz. <laughs> they got Muhammad Ridwan, mashallah, he's Hafiz. They got small youngster, 8, 9, 10 years old around there, Muhammad Rehan, he's becoming a Hafiz. To see that is coolness of the eyes, that you feel so happy that my children are doing this, they're doing that, and so forth. So that is what you must aspire and you must hope for. But cry to Allah, beg Almighty Allah. Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Subhanallah. Well, it's uh, four minutes, uh, uh, six minutes, sorry, six minutes to 12 o'clock. Uh, somebody says here, Ustad, the most difficult part of marriage is giving your daughter away. Move this up. Can I let my son-in-law live with us, even though he has his own house, Ustad? Remember that I was in school, right? So I remember vividly, clearly, certain things remain in your mind for decades, you know. So my sister was getting married. It was the early 70s, 71, 72, because 74, I went overseas. So when they... So I was walking, 
And then I saw my father in the opposite direction. He just went, you know, and I bumped into him, but I saw him crying, you know. So I looked at him and Abhi, like, what's happening? Like, you know, so he said, now, man, you won't understand. So it's true. We won't understand. He was giving his daughter away. And for him, it was a big thing because why? Because now you're giving your daughter and from Heidelberg, she's going to Durban and where and where. That time, Durban to go was a big thing. One, two weeks before you go, you start preparing. That time, I remember you needed permit and all that if you're going by car. They in Charlestown and that, they will stop you. They'll ask you, wash your permit. You know, that time they used to call us coolies and coolie dop and all this thing. So the big thing, not nine in the morning, you just book your ticket and you're here in Durban, or you just drive five hours, six hours, and pass all the toll roads and you're here. So that time it was like that. So I could, so 100% I agree with you. You see, this is a natural phenomenon. See, I give you an example. One is a happy occasion, nikah. One is the sad occasion. This is Mustafa Rasulullah, sallallahu beloved son, Ibrahim. Ibrahim's mother is Maria Tibtiya, radiallahu ta'ala anha. He passes away. Ibrahim passes away and is 18 months old. He, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa the tears were rolling down. And Sahaba said, Wa anta ya Rasulullah. You also crying. He, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, taught the Ummah a lesson, set the precedent for humanity and posterity. When you cry unintentionally, then it is rahmah and mercy. And then the Master, alayhi salam, mentioned the golden words, Wa inna bifiraqika la mahzunun ya Ibrahim. Oh, my beloved son Ibrahim, but your separation be so sad, we're grieving. No more can I walk with you. No more can I talk to you. So that is the sunnah which the Prophet said. Now we come to your happy occasion. You have, you have your ladli, you have your beti, you have your sahib zadi. Now you have to get her married. Everything is fixed. But now you say, but hey, now my daughter will go so far. I have the means, everything. Let me build the house and separate, and they will stay next to me and all that. Not like exactly a garjamai, but it'll be a half garjamai. You see, you will be in your house with your wife, and she, your daughter, will be there with her husband next to you. So is it permissible? Yes, it's permissible. Is it desirable? No, it's not desirable. Because now any small thing happens in their house, then your wife will go to your daughter, your daughter will come to you, and then everything of theirs, you will know, in and out, what happened in the bedroom, whatever in the bathroom, whatever in the kitchen, everything. So therefore, it's not a good idea. What you should do, now we come to compromise situation. You want your daughter to be near you, so you're living in, say, Durban, right? So Marysburg is not so far. Pine Town is not so far. So somewhere nearby. So you build their house, everything. Let them have their independence and so forth and so on. And not every day then you can visit one another and so forth. Give them their space. Give them their independence. And not every day you'll poke your people's nose in their business. Leave it to them now. So that is my advice to you, brother. So inshallah, in that, in the long term, there will be khair and goodness and barakah in that. But when you're like together and it's just one fence separating you, then, then you're asking for trouble. Last question. Hello? Ustad, are you there, Ustad? I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. Okay, already, Ustad. I've already battery. Gee, gee. Somebody says here, Ustad, that, uh, please, Mufti Sab, could you explain at-talakul muhallada, Ustad? Remember that Quran Kareem teaches us Surah 2, verse 230. Write it down. Surah 2, verses 229 and 230. So this husband ABC and his wife XYZ. So when that husband issued one talaq or two talaq and divorces, then he can take his wife back during the Iddat period without a new nikah. That is called talaq raj'i. That is called revocable divorce. But you come to the next verse, Surah 2, 
and verse 230, then all match Allah states, فَإِن فَلَّقَهَا That if he, the husband, gave her, the wife, the third talaq, فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ مِنْ بَعْدُ Then she is not halal for him in the future. حَتَّى Till she gets married to somebody else after the expiry of the Iddah. And that second marriage must not be a mock marriage, must not be a shame marriage. They get married for one hour, one day, and two days and all. That is absolutely haram. He Habibuna Mustafa, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's authentic hadith in Tirmidhi, The first husband, the ex-husband, this current husband, all parties are cursed by all Allah, and people who play with this, they can lose their iman. You must understand that. The fatwa is on Imam Shafi'i's verdict, Imam Ahmad bin Ambal's verdict, Imam Malik's verdict, and the Hanafis, according to Sahibain, Imam Abu Yusuf, Imam Muhammad, Rahimahullah. So that is the verdict, remember, absolutely haram. She must get married. I used to have to see it Friday nights in Newcastle. So this ayat came. So I explained to them. I can still make picture this brother. He passed away. We won't take his name. So he said, okay, that she is married to the second husband. But in her heart, she wants to go. You must remember back to her first husband. And the first husband wants her back. And she also wants to go back. But now she's with the second husband. What must they do? So I said, very easy. So he said, what? So I said that he, the second husband, the first husband, the first husband must make dua that the second husband pass away quickly. Uh, And that solved the problem then. So anyway, he didn't really like that answer. After that, you must remember, he never asked any questions. So, but you can't have all this hit and run business. Like the Kuffar, Shias, they have muta and prostitution for one hour, two hours, all that. We can never allow all these things. And there's hadith also. So, inshallah, we conclude on that. And tonight, inshallah, we will be in the race of Masjid. And day it's 8 o'clock Jamaat. And it will be for them, not on the radio. And inshallah, the whole time we will be there. You must remember in Kempadown, in the Masjid, not Darulum. Afterwards, we'll go to the Darulum. Barakallahu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That was our beloved, honorable, respected Fadilatul Ustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussein, Hafidahullah. Allahumma ahdina wahdibina wahdina sa jami'a. Salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.